This is the Photography Podcast on Photography.ca, episode number 109, Flash Photography Tips, an interview with Joe McNally. Hey there, photo lovers. How's it going? And welcome to the 109th podcast on photography.ca. My name is Marco, and as always, we're coming to you from Montreal, Quebec, Canada. For today's show, we have a special guest. It's an interview with a well-known photographer, Joe McNally. He's a shot for, you know, National Geographic and Life magazines, and he's quite well-known. He was in Montreal giving a seminar on using, you know, just one or two flashes effectively, and I was lucky enough to catch up with him there, and he agreed to do an interview, and that's coming up in just a minute or so. But before we get into it, I always like to thank people for their comments on our last podcast, where we did an interview with a fine art photographer, John Meadows. Both Lucille B. and Julian thought the podcast was really useful, and Julian left a really interesting comment, and I forgot to mention, he commented that he just recently found an 11-year-old roll of film, and although it had a slight color cast to it, that it still produced some cool shots, and I'm sure lots of us have these old rolls of film, and I myself am guilty. I actually have a few rolls of film, and I'm going to get these suckers developed. So thanks for the comment, Julian. And I encourage people to develop those old rolls of film uh, to see what they get. All right, then, let's just get right into today's podcast. It's an interview with uh, Joe McNally, and he shares some uh, flash photography tips. So let's just get right into the interview now. And so I'd like to welcome a really special guest at today's podcast. Uh, today's guest is uh, Joe McNally, a well-known uh, photographer in case uh, you've never heard of him. He's been shooting for over 35 years. He shot for many magazines like uh, Life, Sports Illustrated. He's been shooting for uh, National Geographic for over 20 years. Thanks so much for doing this, Joe. I appreciate uh, you uh, answering questions on our podcast. No worries. Thanks for asking. Awesome. So Joe's actually in town because uh, he's doing a one light, uh, one flash, two flash seminar. And I thought we would just take this opportunity to ask Joe some flash questions. Straight off the bat, what do you use to trigger uh, your flashes? And uh, do you use pocket wizards? If so, why? I noticed you were using a lot of like Nikon uh, creative light lighting system techniques. How do you use that versus pocket wizards, let's say? The Nikon CLS is uh, kind of a default for me. I've grown familiar with it over the years. I find it to be uh, pretty reliable, you know, as, as reliable as things can get in this very situational art and craft. You know, you, you do run into bobbles and problems and all that sort of stuff where the, the either the situation doesn't cooperate or the gear doesn't cooperate. I mean, that happens across the board. It's not a, there's nothing out there that's a universal slam dunk. So there are occasionally folks who ask me, like, why do you use TT? when you could use manual. My default is TTL because I do enjoy it. I've tuned it in a little bit. I uh, find it it centers me or gets me to a, a solution probably a little bit faster than I might have been able to do with manual. Now in terms of pocket wizards, I do use them. They're terrific units. I've used them for many, many years. You know, they're the de facto sort of signature uh, triggering device that's been on the market for a long time. I also use Skyport radios for my Elencrom flashes. So kind of I'm agnostic in a certain way you know I use what what I need to and I use what works so pocket wizard works when I'm using traditional triggering of flashes for straight-up manual work whether it's big flash or small flash Skyport's the same way the TTL systems the line of sight optical systems that are proprietary to Nikon they uh, give me an automated kind of a feature that is is uh, if you handle it right can be very beneficial in certain ways so I kind of sort 
out situations as they as they come my way and use things in turn. Thanks so much for that. Do you ever use older flashes? You know, some of us has been, have been shooting since the film days, and we have these older Nikon flashes. Do you ever use those older flashes, or because of the CLS system, you're just using newer flashes? I tend to use uh, the newer stuff now because I, I sort of try to keep up with the technology. Occasionally, Nikon does reach out to me to sort of, you know, test something or, uh, you know, do a couple of marketing pictures for them. So that pushes me to get familiar with the newer technology. They don't, they don't give me the equipment. They actually give me to shoot the assignment yeah. and then they take it back, you know. So then I'm sort of left with like, okay, I just experimented with this sort of new flash or new this or that. I guess I better try to keep up, you know. And so I do kind of push ahead with the curve of technology as best as I can. I do have some older gear, you know, some uh, some sort of, uh, you know, ancient, you know, uh, I don't even have the small flashes. I have some old um, bow cars and sure. from stuff from years ago that I was just in my garage that I don't really use anymore. My big flash system of choice is Elenchrom and the small flash system of choice is Nikon. Just curious, I noticed also that uh, you use a diffuser over your flash head quite often. I was wondering if you could talk about why you use it and how often you use it. I do use a dome diffuser over my uh, SB900s uh, with a great deal of frequency. I find that if I'm using it as a hot-shoed commander flash, it tends to disperse the light. The, the pre-flash signal, it tends to disperse it in a wide uh, kind of manner so I can pick up a variety of lights that might be on the set with me that's that's a, a good and positive thing sometimes the dome diffuser works against me in that regard and I have to take it off and punch the commander signal to get to a light that might be at a distance so I'm always you know aware of those possibilities but I'd have to say that I use the dome diffuser a lot because most of the time I'm looking for diffusion and to soften the light and that's the start of it right there the light emanating right from the flash head I diffuse it right at the source with the dome diffuser right so if by chance uh, you don't have anyone with you and all you have is one camera uh, one on-camera flash you're gonna be and you're shooting a person you're generally gonna be using the dome the dome diffuser more often than not more often than not I would say it's a I would say it's on that flash head of mine probably 70 80 percent of the time easy okay because I did notice you were experimenting with it today and you also had some interesting effects you actually uh, shot you actually shone a background light uh, through a cookie cutter like um, utensil and by using the diffuser on the flash and then taking it off we actually got quite different effects with regards to uh, how sharp the edges of the cookie cutter were yeah, little things make big differences. And so I'm always looking to see what might be an increment of, of uh, benefit or difference to a lighting scenario that might be otherwise tried and true. And so by um, using the dome diffuser, by softening the light or by taking it off and zooming the light, making it harder, you can get, it's not just a question of volume or it's not just a question of, um, you know, the mechanics of doing this. It actually has an aesthetic impact on your photographs. Yeah, absolutely. And we were actually able to see uh, quite some good differences uh, during the seminar. So uh, thanks for that. Another quick question. I noticed that, uh, you know, today's theme was using just one or two flashes to achieve quite an interesting variety and interesting assortment of effects. How often are you using one or two flashes day to day? Does that, does that happen with a good percentage of your jobs or are just most of your jobs much more complex than this? 
No, I use one or two flashes all the time. I'm a big advocate of simplicity, you know, and uh, that might, some folks might be dubious about that because, you know, there's been some attention paid to, uh, you know, a couple of perhaps bigger productions that I might have done over the years, either for geographic or for life. And some of the experimentation I've done with small flash, you can use, or I have used, you know, multiple small flashes just to kind of push the envelope and see where it might take me. Uh, but I resolutely am a believer in, uh, in simplicity. Right. Use the least amount to get the greatest effect. Exactly. Especially when you're traveling a lot, I'm sure a person like you, you know, space is everything. Sure, sure. And cost being what it is nowadays to, to fly, not only equipment and stuff like that, simpler, lighter, faster. That's a bit of the watchword of being a photographer today. Sure. You know, when people are learning to light, especially with flash, you know, uh, step number one is, let's say, on-camera direct flash. So let's say people start with that, and they feel comfortable with that, they shoot direct, then they bounce it. But as we kind of know, the real magic is when you take the flash, or one of the parts of the real magic is when you take the flash off-camera. How do you recommend people experiment or start to play with off-camera flash for that first time, let's say? Well, again, I, I think if you keep it simple and, and just believe in the sense of experimentation and um, be unafraid to fail, I mean, you can do anything with light, you know, it's, uh, you know, good, bad, or indifferent. You know, I think <clears throat> one of the things I'm a big believer in or advocate of is to fail a great deal because that um, builds what I call the Rolodex of survival. You can, you, you experiment with things that maybe not, don't quite work out but at the end of that path you have something that does work out and then you file that information away and then you know four months from then when your back is to the wall on a job you hark back to that experimentation that you did and say okay I remember this worked okay and you reach back into that kit bag that you've got in your memory and you pull something out of there that saves your butt you know on a, on a given job are you still learning new stuff all the time? Like, do you look at other photographers and maybe see, oh, oh my gosh, that's super cool. I got to try this. Sure. One of the things I showed today during the tour stop here in Montreal, I flat out admitted I stole from another photographer, uh, Gilles Ben-Simon, the, the French photographer. I was on his set years ago, and I watched him experiment with VFAT lighting, and now I've kind of adapted that a little bit to small flash. And, that, you know, I'm always kind of looking, what else could we do? Uh, uh, you know, small flash is always historically had a, a bit of a limited reputation or uh, it was generally associated with party pictures you know wham bam flash you know and we're done but now I think we're in an era of small flash where you can achieve with greater greater um, technology available to us uh, more battery technology that's kind of giving them more you know, longer lasting, you know, kinds of, you know, uh, abilities in the field, greater uh, sophistication of light shaping tools that are specifically designed for small flash. I think the, um, the, you know, the stage is open to just experiment and really create sophisticated results. Sure. And then uh, finally, I'd like to find out, you actually describe yourself as a generalist, but I'm wondering, many, many photographers have personal projects and little special things that they like to shoot for themselves. Do you have such projects, and uh, would you be willing to talk about them? In the background of, of you know, my ongoing assignment uh, life, I te I've tended to photograph dance for many years. Okay. 
and I still do that. I still experiment with dance and dancers. I know quite a few of them, and occasionally I get an idea that's suited to that kind of expression or movement or something along those lines. Beyond that, um, the truly special project that I have uh, very close to my heart is spending more time at home with my wife. <laughs> and because you're such a busy dude, that's obviously very, very precious to you. Joe, if people want to find out more about you, uh, where can they find more about you? Well, you can tune into my blog, joemcnally.com backslash blog. And we try to keep up with workshops and if we're doing something, you know, a new book or something like that, all of that. Eventually, it's not a particularly organized blog. We don't, you know, have absolute publication dates and it's a bit organic a bit disorganized a little bit like me and uh, i write kind of from the gut and what i feel about photography cool and if people wanted to see those dancing pictures are they available on the blog as well sure uh there's a link off the blog for portfolios okay and uh there's a specifically a dance portfolio that's on our website Okay, and you know what? Just because we talked about it, I'm going to put that link directly in the show notes. Joe, I really appreciate this. Thanks so much, and uh, continued success on your tour. Okay, thanks very much for this. Appreciate it. And so I'd like to thank Joe McNally one last time for sharing those uh, great tips with us. Feel free to check out the show notes. We're going to put uh, one of Joe's pictures in there. And, of course, you could check out the joemcnally.com. In terms of the assignment this month on the forum, we have our regular assignment, Cold Beverages, and uh, we have a nice selection of beer photos already submitted, but uh, if you want to get creative and submit again, please feel free to do so. Our level two assignment, Opposites, we could use some more submissions there, and I haven't submitted myself, but I'm going to, so feel free to check those out. As always, best way to get this podcast is subscribe to it automatically using the links on the front page of the blog, photography.ca forward slash blog, and that way whenever we put one of these suckers out, you will get a notice automatically. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. Maybe it might be a good week to uh, try some uh, off-camera flash photography or bounce your flash or diffuse your flash. Use it in a creative way, but whatever you do, keep on shooting. Bye for now, everyone. Thanks so much for listening.